Thanks for joining us today. We'd love to hear how God is using this ministry in your life. Please take a minute and email us your story at newlifewoc at aol.com. As we continue to share the truth of God's word all around the world, we encourage you to partner with us financially at newlifewoc.com. Thanks again. Enjoy today's message from Pastor Anthony Jones. All right. Let's get into the word this morning. Um, if you will, go to Romans. Ma'am. Yes, the teens, I think they left. Romans, Romans, Romans um, 3, Romans 3, and I want to I start off this way um, this morning because whenever I begin to teach on faith and we're in a series of, of lessons, I'm entitled Lessons in Faith, that a lot of times we get so caught up in the in the procedure or the or the system or or the process of faith, that we really forget what it's all about. You know uh, the steps. You know what I need to do, what I need to say, and all of those kinds of things. That we we kind of sometimes lose sight of what's most important. So I wanted to start this morning by bringing us back to that point, and then I'm going to begin to build on what we was um, started teaching. Um, two weeks ago. So if you go to Romans um, 3 and go to verse 21, and it reads, it says, but now the righteousness of God without the law is manifested, being witnessed by the law and the prophets, even the righteousness of God, which is by faith of Jesus Christ unto all and upon all them that believe, for there is no difference. For all have sinned and come short of the glory of God, being justified freely by his grace through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus, whom God has set forth to be a propitiation through faith in his blood to declare his righteousness for the remission of sins that are passed through the forbearance of God. To declare, I say, at this time, his righteousness, that he might be just and the justifier of him which believeth in Jesus. Now, this is what I call the crux of the matter. You got it? Is what do we really believe about Jesus? Now, the same faith, when I'm using the word believe, you can interchange it with faith. The same Believing that it took to save you is the same believing or faith that it takes, watch this, to heal you, to prosper you, to deliver you. Whatever it is you may be dealing with is not a different faith. It is the same faith. Somebody say the same faith. So as we are talking about this and we're going through this, you know, you have to understand how you started with Jesus. You got it? From the moment you believed what you believe about Jesus, which is 1 Corinthians 15, 15, I think it's 1 through 4, where it says that, listen, he came to this earth, he was crucified, he was buried, and he got up in three days for the remission of my sin. You got it? Now, when you, when you believe that, that the moment you believe that, you were what? Saved. Your faith was engaged enough to tap the grace of God to save you. This is the same process it takes to get any other results in your life. It's not something different. What I'm doing is now is I'm giving you some things that you can look, out, look at in your life to see whether or not you're really in faith. All right? Praise the Lord. All right. So let's start from there um, today. Now, last week, uh, well, I, I made a statement. And I said that when you're in faith <clears throat> about any area of your life, there are four things that may show up at any time that will orchestrate manifestation. Number one, we set a plan of action. Um, number two, we said the favor of God. Number three, we said strength to endure the process until change come. And number four, a miracle. All right. Last week, we looked at a plan of action. Now, you all that's been with me for years, I, we've normally talked about five, and we also added the wisdom of God. 
But what, you, what I found out is over, over these years of, of living by faith is that when God's plan shows up, his wisdom shows up. So you can actually combine those two. So when God gives you a plan, he tells you something to do. That plan is his wisdom. So when I get in faith about any area of my life, whether it's about a relationship, whether it's about a job, whether it's about, you know, healing, whatever it is it may be, that I can expect, you know, one of these four things to show up in my life. All right. And we looked at last week. We said a plan of action. God will give me a plan. He'll tell me what to do. And number two, we looked at last week. We said the favor of God. And we said the favor of God is when God will bring somebody in your life that will use their power, their influence, and their ability to help you. You got it? all of you all been in situations where people have helped you and you don't even know, you know, well, why did they do that for me? You got it? That's the favor of God. Not favoritism, but the favor of God. Now, one of the major, one of the, the uh, well, what I think, the biggest one of the three is the one we're going to talk about today is strength to endure the process until manifestation or change comes. This is where, this is where most believers drop the ball. You got it? They start, because you can actually start off in faith and quit. You got it? They can start believing God, but because of the process, they give up and quit. Yeah, so, so what we have to understand is that in this faith process, what God will do is he will begin to give me strength. You got it? To endure the process until change comes. Now, why is this so important? Because most faith fights involve time. All right? Most faith fights involve time. Next week, we'll, 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 look at the miracle, we'll look at a miracle for a little while, but most of the times a miracle happens like that. Really, there's really not too much time involved. But when you're in a faith fight, you know, where the Bible says the just shall live by what? Faith. Now, in those moments when you're fighting for your marriage, when you're fighting for your health, when you're fighting for, you know, financial resources, when you're fighting for these things, it's going to be this thing called time that you're going to have to deal with. A lot of times it doesn't happen overnight. So this is why you need to understand this. All right. So if you will, go to Mark 4. Go to Mark 4. <clears throat> Mark 4. And verse, Mark 4 and verse 26. Very common passage of scripture, but what we're going to do is we're going to look at it from a, from a different um, perspective today. I've taught on this. If you've been to this church for any length of time, you know, you know, I teach on this verse all the time because this is one of the most important verses you need to understand in the Bible. Because he says in this scripture that this is how the kingdom of God works. Now, kingdom simply means government. Now, if you're saved in here, if Jesus is your Lord, you're in a new kingdom. Thank Colossians. Colossians says that you was translated from the kingdom. You was translated from the kingdom of this world into the kingdom of his dear son. So the moment you got saved, you left one kingdom and you was transferred or translated into another kingdom, which is the kingdom of God or a simple way of putting it, which is the government of God. And when you understand governments, you understand that every government does not function the same way. All right. The government of this world functions differently than the government of God or the kingdom of God. And this is where believers get in trouble. They come into the kingdom, but they still try to function or live like they were in the world. And your citizenship is not here. Your citizenship is in heaven. All right. So now I have to understand that government. All right. So Mark 4. Verse 26, it says, and he says, so is the kingdom of God. So he says, this is, the king, this is the kingdom of God. As if a man should cast seed into the ground and should sleep and rise night and day, and the seed should spring and grow up, he knoweth not how. All right? Let's stop right there because when, you, when you're reading Scripture, sometimes there are some things that you may want to check on when you're reading Scripture. Now, that word should, that's in that text, if you'll go to a concordance and you'll try to look up that word should, you're probably going to see these letters N-I-G, which means not in Greek. All right. Which means now when I see that, this is what I do. I, I read scripture and I remove that word. 
All right. So this is, here, let's, let's do this. Let's take the word should out. And it reads like this. Is it, and he said, so is the kingdom of God as if a man cast seed into the ground and sleep and rise night and day and the seed spring and grow up. He knoweth what not. Knoweth not what? How? All right. So why do, why, why do you need to remove that word should? Because when you say something should happen, that means that it may or may not happen. That's what it means. When you say, well, you should open the door for your wife. It, may, <laughs> it means it may or may not what? Happen. So if you leave that word in here, in there, then what you think is that if you follow this, then it may or may not happen, and that is not the kingdom. The kingdom works, watch this, every time. It works every time. So it's not a should, it is it will. You got it? So this is what you got to understand when you, when you are reading when you are reading this text. Now, this te text states that the first thing that has to happen in the kingdom is the seed needs to be cast into the ground. All right? So let's go back to verse 26, and it says, and he said, so is the kingdom of God, or this is how the kingdom of God operates, as if a man should cast seed into the what? Into the ground. Now, so this is the first thing that has to happen if you're going to understand the kingdom of God. Now, what I like to call this is I like to call this the will of God being done. All right. When the seed is being cast into the ground, this is actually the will of God being done. So first, I must know the will of God for my situation. And then I must do whatever it is he is leading or telling me to do. All right. Because it's not just enough to know the will of God. You have to also you have to do what you have to do the will of God. All right. Let's go back to the text. It's not enough to have seed in your hand. If the seed remains in your hand, then it just remains a what? A seed. But the seed must be placed in the what? Ground. So you have to do something with the what? Seed. Or you just keep, you just keep seed, but you'll never have anything in your life that is produced in your life that you can benefit from because it's just a what? Seed. All right? So <clears throat> what I have to understand is... When, when we look at this and we say that the seed is being cast into the ground, this is actually me, watch this, doing the will of God. All right? I must do the will of God. Now, why is this so important? You guys, this is what I tell people all the time. One of the most things that I, could, that, I could, that I could teach anybody or teach somebody how to do is the ability to hear from God. Because if you can't hear from God, you're in trouble. Because now you got to depend on your skill, your talent, your intellect and other folk. All right? So your, so your ability to be able to hear from God. Now, why is this important? Because, and this is where, I mean, in certain circles, this is where we mess up. We think, all right, my mama and Mr. Heber both have a financial problem. Or they're in a financial crisis. They got financial issues going on, something going on. So, my mom may hear from the Spirit of God, and the Spirit of God tells her what she needs to do, all right, to get out of this situation, all right? She does exactly what the Spirit of God tells her to do, and watch this, she gets out of the situation. Now, Mr. Hebert, he has a financial situation, so what he'll do is he'll go talk to my mama, and then he'll just automatically do, you know, what my mama did. Now, you can't always do that because the instructions that he gave my mama may not be the instructions he gave Mr. Hebert. You got it? And because he gave my mom instructions, it yields a result in her life that it will not produce in what? In Mr. Hebert's life. So, so now, I must know, watch this, the will of God for my own personal situation. Now, I know in the multitudes of counsel, there's safety, safety. I know wisdom will keep you. 
I know all of these things. But your ability to be able to hear from God is the most important thing you will ever be able to do. Because God knows more than anybody else. All right? Now, even my wife said, he even know the hairs on your head when she was doing communion. All right? So I got to know how to hear from God. Now, what I want to do is I want to see this played out in Scripture. Go to Mark 11. Go to Mark 11. Now, we're going to keep right on going back <clears throat> to the other text, but I tried to stay in Mark so we wouldn't have to do all this flipping around. All right? Mark 11. All right? So the first thing I must know is the will of God for my situation, and then I must do whatever it is he is leading me to do in my situation. So whatever's going on in my life, watch this, I got to know the will of God for this situation. All right. OK. All right. Mark 11, verse 12. And it reads, and on the morrow, when they were come from Bethany, he was hungry and seeing a fig tree afar off, having leaves, he came, if happily he might find anything thereon. And when he came to it, he found nothing but leaves for the time of figs was not yet. And Jesus answered and said unto it, no man eat fruit of thee hereafter forever. And his disciples heard it. All right. Now, <clears throat> I'm going to use this, this scripture um, as a backdrop so that I can prove to you about what I was just saying. All right. Because whenever a principle is being extracted out of the word, you ought to be able to see it in example in scripture. You got it. So if somebody tells you, all right, that this is a principle, you got it, then you ought to be able to see that played out in scripture. All right. You just don't see it one time. This is why folk uh, mess up with doctrines. They see something quoted one time and then they try to build a doctrine around it. You can't do that. So what you got to do, if, if it's actually going to be a doctrine or it's going to be a principle that that you can apply across the board, then you need to see it played out in Scripture. All right. So I made a statement a few minutes ago that I made that watch this: the seed sown. What I do is I compare that as the will of God being what done. All right. Now, in this text right here, Jesus did something. Jesus cursed the fig tree. In simple terms, he cursed the fig tree. Well, I don't want to go into this, but why, why he cursed the, cursed the fig tree? Um, it, it won't the time for it to have figs, um, you know, and, all, and people want to get into all this. Listen, this is what you got to understand. Number one, that there's a certain fig tree in that part of the country during that time of year that if it had leaves, it was supposed to have figs. So really, the tree was not functioning the way God designed it to function. It was being deceptive. All right. OK, so I just I, I just want I just want to clear that before we go any farther. But what we do is we see Jesus cursing the fig tree. Now, this is what you got to understand about Jesus. Jesus never did anything unless it was the will of the father. Well, how do we know that? Because that's what Jesus said. If Jesus did it, it was the will of God for it to be what? For it to be done. All right. Now, 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 let's, let's, let's go a little, let's go a little farther with this. Go to John 5. Go to John. Hold, hold your finger. Mark, Luke, John, John 5. And verse 30. Y'all just stay with me. Just give me some time to, to, to lay this out. I'm telling you, you're going to be blessed if you just stick with me. All right. John 5, verse 30. I'm going to read this in the Amplified. You got so I don't have to read it, read it twice because I think it'll pull something out that you'll be able to see. John 5, verse 30, it says, watch this. I am able to do nothing from myself, independently of my own accord, but only as I am taught by God and as I get his orders. Even as I hear, I judge, I decide as I am bidden to decide. As the voice comes to me, so I give a decision and my judgment is right. Just righteous because I do not seek or consult my own will. I have no desire to do what is pleasing to myself, my own aim, my own purpose, but only the will and pleasure of the father who what? Who sent me. So, so Jesus makes this statement. 
He says now, when you read in the Amplified, it becomes very clear. Jesus said, listen, I hear from God, I hear his voice, and then I do what it is he tells me to do. You got it? So I hear what God tells me to do. Then a decision is made in me, watch this, not to do my will, but to do what? His will. Now, when Jesus walked the earth, you have to understand that Jesus walked the earth empowered by the Spirit of God. Watch this, just like us. So now, watch this, when I'm in a situation in my life, one of the first things I need to do is I need to hear, watch this, what God says to me, which comes from the inside out. Now, that does not mean that you can't hear God through the voice of other people. I'm not saying that. But what I'm saying, that Jesus said he heard from who? God. Nobody else heard it. Did anybody, in the scripture, didn't say that the heavens opened and, Jesus, and God told Jesus, curse the fig tree? No. So the only person that heard it was who? Jesus. Now then, what Jesus had to do is he had to trust that what he heard was God. All right? And then he what? Acted, and he did, he acted on what he what? Heard, which caused him to do the will of who? God. All right, one more scripture. Go to, go to, go to John 6, 38, just for, just for clarity's sake. John 6 and 38. Oh. It says, For I came down from heaven not to do my own will, but the will of him that what? That sent me. So it was the will of God for Jesus to speak to the tree. Now, that word will in the Greek means decision or desire. So when he talks about it being the will of God, then it was, watch this, the desire of God. All right? Now, this is going to be very important. So for God's desire, his decision about a situation for my personal life to come to pass, it takes my participation. Okay, okay, all right. You got to catch this. God can have a desire for your life. And for that desire to come to pass in your life, it requires your participation. All right? Now, let, let's, let's, play, let's just look at this. <clears throat> what if Jesus, now let's, let's, I know it was Jesus, but let's just, let's just say, let's just for, for, for clarity's sake, let's just say that Jesus had an option whether or not he was going to do what God said do. All right, just for clarity's sake. All right, so what if Jesus would have heard God say, curse that fig tree, and then he didn't curse the fig tree? Would Jesus, would he have to continue to live properly? Yeah, it wasn't a life and death situation. It's just, watch this, God's desire was not going to be done in his life because he would not act on what God told him to act on. But watch this, life would have continued. It wouldn't, listen, he wouldn't have failed dead just because he didn't do what God told him to do. You got it? But God's desire wouldn't have been done, you got it, in his life. All right? So, what I'm trying, here's the point I'm trying to make. In some cases, you doing the will of God may be a matter of life and death. You got it? And in other cases, it may be a matter of you continuing to live life, a life with many inconsistencies in your life that are not a desire of God for your life. This is, this is major. This is major. Which means, this is what this means. I can live a life full of inconsistencies that are against God's desire for my life because I'm unwilling to do what God told me to do. You got it? Because every matter is not a matter of life and death. And this is what people, this is what people get, in, especially in the church world, when folks say that the will of God is automatic. No, it's not. 
It takes your participation. When you're talking about that word will, when I'm talking about a desire or a decision that God wants for your life. In order for that to come to pass, it takes your participation. So you at any point can say, I don't want that in my life. And watch this, and you're not going to drop dead. But what happens is, is you live a life full of inconsistencies with what this word says you can have. All right, let's look at an example. Go to, go to, go to 1 Kings. 1 Kings. We're going to look at two examples to prove this. 1 Kings 17. And I'm not going to read because I'm not going to read this because you all, if you've been here, y'all know. And you, if you haven't, write 1 Kings 17 and you can read verses 4 through, I guess, 17 or 18 and you'll see exactly what I'm talking about. All right. In this, in this text of scripture, what happens is, is this woman is getting ready to eat her final meal. She told the prophet, she says, listen, I'm going to eat this meal, me and my child, we're going to eat it and what? And die. He comes and tells her, he says, no, don't, don't do that. He says, make me a little cake first, and then watch this, the meal is not going to fail. You got it? So if you'll do what I tell you to do, in simple terms, you're not going to what? Die. Now, if she had chosen not to do what the prophet told her to do, what would have happened? She and her what? And her son would have what? Die. So her hearing the voice of God and obeying that voice was a matter of life and what? Death. All right. Now, let's look at another example. Flip over to um, um, 2 Kings. 2 Kings 5. 2 Kings 5 and verse 10. I'm not going to read this. I'm just going to walk you through it. This is, this is, the, this is the, um, the, the, the story about Naaman. Naaman was a leper. Got it? All right. Naaman, listen, he heard about the prophet that somebody could, you know, heal him or cure him of his leprosy. All right. The prophet gave him some instructions, told him what to do. Now, when he first heard it, it didn't make no sense to him, and he said he wasn't going to what? Do it. But luckily, he had somebody in his life that talked some sense into him, and he ended up doing it. But here's the point I'm trying to make, that Naaman could have chose not to do what the prophet said, which was the word of God or the will of God for his life, and Naaman wouldn't have died. He just would have lived the rest of his life being a leopard. You got it? He would have lived the rest of his life with this inconsistency in his life that was not the will of God for his life. You got it? And this is, and th and this is key as it relates to us living by faith. Because a lot of people within the body of Christ are dealing with a lot of inconsistencies that are in their life simply because, number one, they're not hearing from God, and number two, they're unwilling to do what God tells them to do. Now, here's the good news. If it's in your life, and it is not the will of God for your life, you can get it out of your life by faith. Oh, Jesus. Man, that's so good. Are y'all hearing what I'm saying? If something is in your life that is inconsistent what God has said about your life, you don't have to put up with it. You can get it out of your life by faith. You got it? You, listen, you don't have to live from check to check. You ain't got to live with that pain. See, well, I just got to live with it. Who told you that? You can make a decision that you know what? I'm going to take my faith and I'm going to apply it to this situation and watch this. It's going to overcome it. This is the victory that overcometh the world, even our what? Faith. First John 5 and 4. You got it? See, see, anything that you're willing to tolerate, you're going to keep. 
The Bible says, submit to God, resist the devil, and watch this, and he can camp out and stay as long as he want to. No, no, see, this is what I try to see. You got, stop trying to rationalize this. You get, you get to the point, you know what? Listen, Doc, this thing, this thing is done. You got it? I'm not dealing with this anymore. You got it? I'm going to submit to God. I'm going to resist. You know what it means to resist something, right? You got to actively fight against it. You resist it and it'll what? Flee. But you don't have to live with the inconsistency. And what the world tells you is that you just got to live with it. That's what the world tells you. Well, they, they, you know, you, well, girl, listen, you sitting, there, you sitting there talking about that, it could be a whole lot worse. So what you do is you tolerate the inconsistency. Wait, you're living better than your parents. You tolerate the inconsistency because you're unwilling to use your faith to remove it from your life. Okay, praise the Lord. All right, all right. Let's keep going. Go back to Mark, go back to Mark 4. Mark 4. See, but I got to hear from God. This is the first thing. This is the most important thing. What is God saying to me about this situation? What is God saying for me? Now, I know what the scripture says. I know the scripture says, by his stripes you're healed. Okay, all right, I, I, I know that. I heard that. Okay, God, but now I got to know, all right, what you're, what you're telling me about this situation in my life. Do I need to go dip seven times in the Jordan? Do I need to walk around Jericho seven times? Do I need to go touch Jesus? You know, tell me, I need to know what it is I need to do. And see, this is what, you can't duplicate this. This comes rhema from God. And now watch this, and when God speaks, and you do, watch this, something going to happen. All hell can fight against it, but it won't be able to stop it. But here's the problem. The problem is, is most of us are not hearing from God. We're just, watch this, duplicating what we're seeing everybody else do or what they have said. Okay, praise the Lord. All right. No, this is the truth of my, I, I, I live this thing both ways. And, and what you can do is you can mess around and you can duplicate folk for so long and then you don't get their results and then you say it don't work. Right. See, but if God wanted you to duplicate somebody else, well, why didn't he just send them to do what it is he's telling you to do? So now what you got to do is you got to hear from who? Hear from God. Every, do y'all ever, have y'all ever heard of, um, what, uh, uh, apprenticeship? An apprenticeship, what, what it means is you will be with somebody for a length of time for them to teach you and to show you what you need to what? Do. But it comes a time, watch this, when you have learned what you need to learn from them and go ahead on and do what it is God has called you to what? Do. You got it? And, and you know, I mean, uh, shoot, it's, uh, some, some folk... Like eagles, I guess you just got to be pushed out of the nest. Fly or die. <laughs> got, but this is why, listen, but this is why, this is why you need to hear from God. This, that doesn't mean that you're not in a relationship with God. No, but you need to learn how to hear from God. And, and people get mad when I make statements about, you know, but well, don't call me after 9 o'clock. I, I mean, so what you going to do if you can't reach me? Because I'm a man. I can fail you. But watch this. God will never what? So what you got to do is I have, listen, I have to develop this ability to hear from God. God, what are you saying to me about this situation in my life? God, yeah, I heard what everybody else is saying, but God, what are you saying? Because over time, what I have learned is what everybody else is saying and what God is saying it's probably two different things. Because now when you look at your life and you're on the same path that everybody else is on, you're probably on the wrong path. Because the Bible says broad is the way that leads to destruction, but narrow 
is the way that leads to eternal what? Life. So when you start hearing from God, you might look beside you and you might not see a whole lot of folk. Okay, praise the Lord. This is keep boy there. I did, okay, what I say? What I say? I didn't say. I said, go back to Mark 4. Go back to Mark 4 then. Go back to Mark 4. Mark 4, 27. Man, Jesus. And so, man, I'm telling you, isn't it, dog? You know, I'm going, listen, I don't know this space that God has me in right now where it's like I, I'm, I'm having to conquer all kinds of fears that I've dealt with in my life, that I've dealt with for my whole life. And now, you know, I, you know, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm having to face them. And, it's, and man, listen, it ain't, it ain't easy. It ain't easy. But you, you got you to gotta make up your mind, all right, am I going to face them or am I going to continue to live with them? And you might can't get all the way out in the boat today. Come on, but just get, get a little farther out there than what you used to be. <laughs> I, was, I ain't going to call it, but I got because uh, it, just, it, just, it just ties into what I'm talking about. I don't mean, I don't mean to say certain stuff, you know, it comes up when I'm up here, up here teaching y'all, but you know, um, I have a fear of swimming, water, not water, period. I've had that fear since I've been about seven years old, eight years old, mama. You remember when I was down at Gaston Lake? Down, down at my Aunt Frances and them, and my daddy pushed me, you know, back then, pushed me in the water. And I couldn't swim. But they, they, that's how they, taught, they, how they taught you about swimming. They push you in and you come back. Well, something happened. I ain't come back up. You got it? And they had to jump in there and rescue me. So, so now, ever since then, since I've, been, since, since I've been, I mean, seven, eight years old, if water gets to about right here on me, this is what I start doing. That fear grab, I, I start getting short. I, my breath start getting short. It's a fear. It's a real fear because I was traumatized in that area when I was a child. But the Bible says, now this is what it says. He said, I didn't give you the spirit of fear. So now there's this inconsistency. Jesus, come on, man. Come on, there's this inconsistency in my life. And either, watch this, I'm going to sit there and tolerate it or I'm going to deal with it. Now, this is what God has always done in my life. He's always bring somebody from somewhere in my life to help me with whatever it is that I need to deal with. I've never got to pick the person. And see, this is what folks think. They think you get to, you think, well, I get to pick who's going to help me. No, you don't. Amen. When me and Chris first got here in Snow Hill, we didn't get to pick the Taylor family. We didn't get to pick Bobby Taylor them to help us. But that family just helped us. They used their power, their influence, and their ability to what? I didn't pick them. God chose them. Amen. Now, what I had to do is I had to go with who God chose. I couldn't sit there and say, well, God, I don't like how they look. Oh, they don't need to help me. I don't care. I don't what they got. Then you, we would never be in this building right now. You got, so you don't get to pick the person. You got, so now what God does is he raises somebody up in your life that will help you deal or get beyond the inconsistency that you have that is inconsistent with the life he's called you to live. So these, these last couple of weeks, you know, I've been taking swimming lessons. And my swimming instructor <laughs> continues to push me beyond what I'm comfortable with. <laughs> you got, but, but listen, he, listen, he can't make me walk away from the inconsistency. I must be willing to deal with it, to embrace it, so that I can live a, a more productive what? Life. But this is what we do. As soon as somebody show up and try to help you deal with the area that's in your life that's out of whack. Come on, you know I ain't right with your mean self. <laughs> you bitter, you all this kind of stuff. Yeah, uh-huh. 
and then God will bring somebody in your life to help you deal with it, then the first thing you do, they're trying to tell me what to do. They need to be working on their own. Listen, the person that's helping me with, with, with getting over my fear of water, God ain't told me to tell them nothing about what they go. He ain't told me to tell him when you need to tell him he need to do this with him, you know. Because he, listen, in this, and listen, you better hear what I'm saying. In this aspect, watch this. I'm not there for him. He's there for me. So now you have to understand the nature of the relationship. Do you go mess it up? And this is why, especially church folk. They don't understand the nature of the relationship. You got it? You, got it. you have to understand that. Praise, praise the Lord. Let me move on so I can finish what I'm talking about. Oh, y'all getting this, but you got to understand that any inconsistencies that you have, you got, you got, you got to square that thing away the world. You got, he ain't giving me the spirit of fear. So why I'm so scared? I was in the pool the other day. He was sitting there. He's like, you got the jacket on. The life jacket. It ain't going to let you go under. <laughs> I don't care if I got 20 jackets on. <laughs> you said, I can't look. <laughs> but it's just, listen. But it's just, it's just that fear. That fear grips you, man. You know, you all right in the water you can stand up in. But now... Nah, Oh, <laughs> see, 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 but then, but here, here's the thing that gets you though, but then when you go to the pool and everybody else jumping in the water, <laughs> enjoying themselves, then you sitting over there like you really don't want to, <laughs> come on, you know you really won't be doing it, but you know, uh-uh, I ain't doing it, but in your heart, you really won't see how that feels. I want to see how I feel to go under the water and come up and get out there and play with everybody else. They dying there in the deep end having a good fun. I'm sitting over there over there mad hating. Talking about I don't want to get my hair wet. <laughs> no, no, you got no, you just don't, you really just don't know how to swim. And it's a reason why. You don't know how. So now what you got to do is either you're going to sit over there like every, like you're sitting over there like the few or you're going to get out there and enjoy what God has created. And Chris always reminds me we went on a marriage retreat a couple years, years, about 10 years ago. And everybody, it's a marriage retreat, y'all. And everybody was out there in the water snorkeling. You know that clear water in the Caribbean. You can see all the way down to the bottom. And they out there in the water snorkeling. And they out there with their husband and wife, and they coupled up. And Chris told me, come on. I said, the devil is a lie. I said, you think I'm going out there in that? And I sat right there on that boat, and here Chris out there snorkeling by herself. Everybody else, husband and wife paired up, but she out there. I ain't want to worry about me. I'm over here. But in my heart of heart, I wish I could be out there. Uh, in my heart, I want to be out there. But I had this fear. If I step out there, I'm going to drown. You got it? So, so now, here's the thing. Am I going to live the rest of my life with that fear? Or am I going to deal with it? Because God will let me die with it. Watch this and I'll still go to heaven. No, I'm going to bring this home in a second. Just like you can die broke. Not being able to pay your bills, but it wasn't the will of God. But you're going to have to do something. Based off what God is telling you to do, you got it if you're going to overcome it. Watch it. Mark 4. Go back to Mark 4. Mark 4. <laughs> Praise the Lord. Glory be to God. All right. Verse uh, 26 again. And he said, 4, just 4, 4, 4, 26. Mark 4, 26. And he said, so is the kingdom of God. As if a man cast seed into the ground. 
So we said casting seed into the ground is, do, is compared to what? Doing the will of God. So the first thing you got to do is do the what? Will of God. So now if that's the first thing, what's the next thing? After you cast the seed. No, no, what the scripture say? What the scripture says? After you cast the seed, what, 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 what says next? Come on, sleep and rise. Come on, watch this, night and day. Now, this is what I call this right here. Continue in your assignment. All right? After you've done whatever it is God has told you to do, he don't want you to sit down there and watch and see whether or not the tree going to die. Or worry about whether or not the tree going to die. What he wants you to do is continue in your assignment. Whatever it is that he has sent you to do, you continue what? In it. After I've done what it is God has told me to what? Do. How do I get this? Go back to Mark 11. Mark 11. Are y'all all right? Come on, Mark 11. Go to verse 15. Now, after Jesus cursed the fig tree, we've already, we've already stated that that must have been the will of God because he cursed it, right? Now, what did Jesus do after he cursed the fig tree? Did he sit down and watch it? What did he do? He went to where? He went to Jerusalem. He went on doing what it was he was going to do before he had the encounter with the fig tree. Okay, this is what this means, all right? You should let situations derail you from your assignment. God, this, this is what most folks do. Well, because this right here happened, now I can't do this. No, 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 no. No, what you do, because that happened, you deal with it in faith. And then you continue in your assignment. You go ahead on to Jerusalem, go ahead on to Jerusalem and do what it is God told you to do. You got it? So now, after I've done exactly what it is that God has told me to do about this area in my life, I don't give it another thought. Question. If you read that, 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 this, um, this, this um, text um, in, in, in its full context, when you go home, you will see something. That Jesus wasn't the one who pointed out that the fig tree died. Why? Because he wasn't looking for it. Because he knew it had to die. Jesus. So he won't, he won't looking for it to die. The disciples noticed that it was what? Dead. And then they told Jesus. And then Jesus told them something else. He lays out the principle. You got it? So, 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 so the thing is once you have dealt with it, by faith, drop it. Okay, no, no, you talk, we're talking about the God kind of faith. I, I ain't talking about this, 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 this other whoop to do stuff. I'm talking about the God kind of faith. The God kind of faith deals with it and don't pick it up no more, goes on with their assignment. Period. Sleep and rise night and day. Go to, go to Hebrews 10. Every day you get up, you check it. No, no, it, 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 it check show up yet? No, no, you check it every day. First one to the mailbox. You don't never go to the mailbox. You check it out every day. Check show up. You check it every day to see if anything changed. Well, you know what that tells you? You ain't believe nothing changed when you said something. If you got to continue to check to see if something changed, you must not believe it changed. No, we're talking about the God, because if you read this, and you continue to read this in Mark 11, and when he talks about this whole thing, Jesus tells them to have the God kind of faith, or have faith in God. And when you really got faith in God, once you have dealt with a matter the way that he's told you to deal with it, you don't worry about it no more. So all this going back checking, talking about it, worried about it, all of that is a sign to let you know you really don't believe God. Folk do it with their salvation. Well, I did that, so I don't know if I'm saved. Well, you probably not. If you, got, if you continually questioning yourself whether or not you're saved, 
Then sister, brother, then you probably ain't saved. Ain't nothing I can do that's going to call me to question my salvation. Now, you might question my salvation, but that's a... <laughs> no, 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 you might question my salvation, but I ain't got nothing to do with what, with what you think. But I know, watch this, I can mess up and still be saved. Because God wasn't looking for perfection. Do he show when to call me? You got, so, so you got, see, you got to settle this. Your, your salvation, you shouldn't be up here every week. Because you acted up during the week. Because my, my salvation is not based on how I act. My salvation is based on what I believe. But there should come a time when what I believe affect my actions. All right, but but you got to get this straight. See, so 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 you can't you can't tell me I ain't saved. Period. They ain't, they ain't nothing you can tell me. Nothing. Just, just I'm, I'm I'm a hopeless case. All right. Now that's the same thing. Now watch this. The same faith that saved you, according to Colossians two, is the same faith you're supposed to walk in. So the confidence that you have about your salvation should be the same confidence you have about your prosperity. Why, why is it different? Because if, now if it's different, you got it, you ain't in faith. Yeah, I must be over here, Christian here. <laughs> Hebrews 10, Hebrews 10. Hebrews 10. Praise the Lord, it's Father's Day. It's my day. Y'all saying, you ain't only father. <laughs> I'm ready to go eat. Watch this, verse 35. Hebrews 10, 35. This is, man, this is so, this is. <sighs> see, if you can't see this played out in, script, in Scripture based off application, it's going to be hard for you to apply it to your life. So you're going to be one of them other, 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 other Christians that the only thing they can do is, is quote Hebrews 11. Now, faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. Well, why it ain't impacting your life? Because you don't know how to apply what you just quoted. Hebrews 10. Cast not away, therefore your what? Confidence, which have great recompense of what? So your confidence will bring what? Reward. For you have need of, online this next word, patience. <laughs> Jesus, patience, <laughs> that after you have done the will of God, that after you have done the will of God, that after you have done the will of God. So you don't need patience until after you've done what God told you to what? Do. So if you don't do what God tells you to what? Do, you will never need what? Patience. You have need of patience that after you have done the will of God, you might receive the what? Let me hurry up and finish. Let y'all go. Patience is an active word. It means endurance. It means constancy. So when I'm in patience, I'm actually being very consistent. Constant. All right? Okay. Patience is actually faith that is sustained over a long period of time. All right? So when I talk about patience, it's actually faith that is sustained over a long period of time. So I must learn how to continue in my assignment night and day after I've done the will of God. In consistency lies the power. When I'm able to be consistent day in and day out, watch this, I tap the power. Uh, example, okay, a uh, 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 natural example. Okay, uh, you want to lose weight and you want your body to change, but you go to the gym once a month. Hey, you're not going to get that. Your body's not going to what? Change. Because it needs consistency. You got it? Now, if you get consistent about what you eat and what you're doing, then over time, watch this, you will see a what? Change. But this is very hard.
for this generation because we want what we want. Come on, come on. And we want it right now. That's why we got microwaves. We don't even know what a stove is no more. Because why? If you put it in the oven, it's going to take some what? I ain't got time. So we're going to McDonald's night. Okay. I'm going to kill you. Nobody going to do because you ain't got. You need to put on some patience. Mark 4. Last one. We're we done. Let y'all go. And then we'll pick it up here next week. Mark 4, 27. Now, y'all know this ain't all on me. Y'all had we y'all had a whole lot of presentations today now. Y'all trying. I ain't know y'all were gonna do all this when I laid my lesson out. Right. I knew about some of them, but I ain't know all of them. So don't be trying to blame me. Y'all want me not to fail. 427. I'm I'm done. I'm up under the last one. 27. Right? So I cast the seed into the ground. I sleep and rise night and day or continue in my assignment. And then what? The seed of what? It's spring. Watch this. And grow up. So the first thing I do, what well, first thing that happens is it springs. That word spring means to sprout. All right? Now, what is the sprout for? The sprout encourages you to continue. But it's not yet ready for harvest. Uh, see, see now in my <laughs> in my garden, I, I plant some corn this year, and I, I actually planted corn seed. So I put the seed in the ground. You couldn't even see I had no seed in the ground, but now watch this. The corn is probably about up up to up to my thigh. But watch this now because I see the sprout, it causes me to continue to water the seed. See now, now see now. If after, listen, after a while, if I don't see a sprout, then I'll mess around and say, well, it don't need no water because it ain't working. But the sprout shows up to encourage me, watch this, to keep going. Yes, yes, yes. No, 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 you keep. So this is what God will do. You believe in God for a raise on your job, and you believe in for 20000 a year to come in more, but then you show up and your boss say, I'm giving you 10 cents. <laughs> ho, 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 ho. You don't get mad and be like, that's all I'm getting. I've been right here busting my butt, doing this and doing that, getting to work early, and you just giving me 10 cents. No, when you understand the kingdom, you like, praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. It's what? Working. The sprout encourages me to keep what? Going. To keep following my assignment. All right. Last, uh, Exodus. Exodus. I'm going to show you this shit and then we're closing. Uh, Terrell, we're done. <laughs> Man, this is good. Praise the Lord. So if you just hang in there, you're going to see a sprout. But watch this. It's just a sprout now. It's just something sent by God to encourage you. What did I say? Exodus what? 23. Exodus 23. Exodus 23. Man, this is, listen, this is faith applied. You, you don't get this everywhere. Folk, this is how it works. You got it? You see the inconsistency, you deal with it in faith. So I'm going to speak to that thing based off what God has told me or I'm going to do what God told me to do. Jesus spoke. God may tell you to do something else. Whatever he tell you to do, you do it. Now, once you do whatever it is God tell you to do, you move on into your assignment. Don't give it enough thought. Don't worry about it. Somebody try to bring it up. Oh, girl, let's take care. Don't worry. No, no, don't get it because, you know, the devil will send somebody to try to get you off course. This is why you don't tell everybody what you're going through. Okay, all right, praise the Lord. Okay, uh, uh, you, don't, you don't need to tell everybody what you're going through. Because once you tell them, now they can be the mailman that continues to come to your door to remind you of what was going on that you already prayed about, that God done delivered you from, but you pick it back up because you heard from somebody that don't have the faith you had. You had a slip and told them. 
Here's my thing. If they can't help you solve it, why are you telling them? If I got married problems, I ain't talking to nobody that can't help me. I want to hear myself talk. If I got money problems and you ain't got no money, I ain't talking to you. Okay, okay. I mean, y'all just why am I talking to you? Why am I talking? You ain't got no money. I need some money. <laughs> I'm sitting there talking to you. I ain't talking to you. You ain't got no money. I know you broke. So why am I going to tell you? <laughs> now, if I'm telling you about my money problem, y'all, see, y'all, don't be stupid with yourself. Y'all know you got some money problem? And you talking to somebody who got money about your problem? Now, what you want? Some help. Come, okay, y'all. Okay. Why, folk don't lie. Why y'all lie to yourself? That's why you telling them. You know, you might not come out and say, hey, man, can you help me? No, you beat all around the bush and tell them about how hard it is, how you can't get the baby no shoes and all that kind of stuff. But in the back of your mind, you I want them to stroke me a check. <laughs> See, that's what folk don't buy a sequel. I just come out and bust right out and say, hey, man, you got something. <laughs> <laughs> I ain't going to go all the way around the whole mountain. Don't go talk for an hour. Man, I need $100. You got $100? No, well, I'm talking to the wrong person. I'm going to go to the next one. And having all this nonchalant talk. You know, you ain't heard from him in 50 years. And now they call him, how the kids doing? How, how our cooking doing? And boo-boo doing? No. And then, oh, and by the way, why do you just get to that from the start? Yeah. Have all this conversation that you ain't, that you ain't studying? If you were studying boo-boo, why you ain't call me last week when you ain't need no money? Right. <laughs> See, y'all let people fool y'all. You don't matter. You don't matter. Just bust them out. Set them free. You know you needed some money when you called me. I ain't talked to you in two months. Some of y'all said two years. Now they want nobody, everybody in the family. But at the end of the conversation, but by the way, that's just 23. Y'all, y'all can't keep on fooling with folk. Bust them out, set them free. Folk need to be dealt with in truth. They say, I ain't say you won't go help them. But go on, don't mess around and say, next time you want some money from me, just ask me. It's not like you studying my kids. You don't even like them. You know they don't like them. You know, y'all got family members y'all don't like. Exit 23. Exit 23. Y'all sit there mess around. You know, you don't like them and they don't like you. When they call you, they want something. So when, they, when the phone rings and you see, y'all everybody got call ID now. Just go ask for what you want. <laughs> I don't want nothing. Okay, then. So and then when they ask you later for something, say, now I would have helped you, but you lied. Exodus 23, 27. I'm done. Now let's look at God. Watch this. Exodus 23, 27 says, I will send my fear above, before thee, and I will destroy all the people to whom thou shalt come, and I will make all thine enemies turn their backs unto thee, and I will send hornets before thee, which shall drive out the Hivite and the Canaanite and the Hittite from before thee. I will not, I will not drive them out from before thee in one year. No, no, how many of y'all want God to do something right then? Come on, y'all know. Come on. I want it right now, God. Now, God told them, say, I ain't going to do it right now. Why? Lest the land become desolate and the beasts of the field multiply against you. So basically what he's saying, listen, I ain't going to do it right now because you couldn't handle it. You, no, you think you can handle it. You know some of y'all single women praying for a husband? And you wonder why you ain't seen now yet? <laughs> and you keep on telling God you ready? But God know you. Come on. So he tell you in a little while. A little while. A little while. A little while. Watch this. By little and little, I will drive them out from before thee until thou what? Be increased and inherit the what? So this is what God does. When God does it, he's going to make sure you can handle whatever it is he do. He ain't going to give you nothing you can't handle. You got it? So he's going to do a little by little. Now, I know you're ready for it. I know in my life I'll be ready for it. I'll be ready for a whole lot of things. God, I'm ready. I'm ready. I'm ready. 
And I don't, I don't never see it. You know what that tells me? I ain't ready. You want to? I ain't ready or I ain't in faith. One or two. So now I got to check. You got it? Praise the Lord. Give the Lord a hand clap of praise. I'm done. Every head by every eye closed. Lord, I thank you for your word today. I thank you for all the people that understand the sound of my voice, Lord. I thank you, Father, that as we move throughout this week, I thank you, Lord, that we will hear you clearly. For more lessons from Pastor Anthony Jones and New Life Church, please subscribe to this podcast. You can also go to newlifewoc.com for our live streaming service times. Thanks for listening.